All right, let's get started. Yo, stink this podcast. Greg, no George, back in the building. Uh, George is a very, very important person. Um, you know, disregard his usual scowl of anger, but uh, George is at work taking care of some business late night. So uh, you got just me. Episode 128. Some of y'all might love this. Some of y'all might hate this, but you know, it is what it is. The show must go on. Uh, George will be back next week, so don't get any ideas. This isn't every week. Um, but uh, like I said, George take care of some work, so you got just me today. Uh, episode 128, like I said, I'm not doing jersey numbers. Doing jersey numbers by myself is kind of redundant. I mean, I guess I could throw out Adrian Peterson or, uh, hope I got nothing else. Just that quick. You know what's funny is, when we first started this podcast, we could throw out numbers and really know the numbers and really remember the players and think of the jerseys. I can't think of anything anymore. I feel like my memory is shot when it comes to jerseys and sports and who's in. Um... So, just to get right started, like always, uh, pickups. So, I grabbed a, I think it's the Dusk Till Dawn, uh, Air Max 90, uh, I'm sorry, Air Max 180. Um, let me see, Dusk Till Dawn, AM, Air Max 180. I grabbed the 180. Um, I did a trade and cop. All right. Um, you know, some of y'all might not know what a trading cop is, but um, and I suggest anybody or everybody go on size and grab either the Air Max ones or the Air Max 180 uh, from Dust to Dawn pack. Them joints are clean. Now, they could be kith picks, but I wasn't taking that risk. So I did a trading cop. Uh, I know a lot of times you listen to our show and we might say some stuff you don't understand. We have our like own language, uh, but a trading cop. You know, basically, I called up one of the homies who had wanted a pair of shoes out of my closet. And basically, when you do a trading cop, you take a loss. Uh, just to put it in a simplified matter. Uh, you're not doing an even trade because even if that was the case, you could just sell the shoe and use the money to buy it. And technically, I guess you still could. But a trading cop for me is I'm already setting myself up to take a loss. So basically, he wanted a pair of uh, 14s that I had, Jordan 14s. I had a pair of, I guess they're called Laney Lows, which I don't understand where that came from because I feel like when they originally came out, they weren't called Laney Lows, but uh, I had another pair of DS Laney Low 14s. So I traded them. Uh, I gave them to him and he bought the, uh, the pair for me off size.com. So, uh, I appreciate the homie for that. Shout out to Reggie. Uh, he went and did that for me. So I took like a $20 loss, you know, whatever I paid for the 14s, you know, he paid for the 180s and I took a loss, you know, and that's just the risk you take when you do a trading cop. And I encourage a lot of people to do trading cops, you know, trading cops are like, you have that pair of sneakers in your closet that you love, but you're not going to wear. But if you could get rid of it, you could. Now, I would have been sold it on StockX or something a long time ago, but they don't go for as high. So even if I would have sold it on StockX or Goat or something, I would have still took a loss if I would have had to put that money towards those sneakers. So, And right now, you know, I've said this numerous times on the show, me and my wife are, are currently 
on strict budget. You know, I'm finally on board with it. Typically, I might be the most awful person ever with money. Um, and her goal, she has certain goals specifically for us, you know, and certain trips, you know, we want to do at our 10-year anniversary and pay off bills and so forth. So I'm using creative ways to cop my sneakers still. And this is the first sneaker I've bought in a long time. So, um, so I'm definitely excited for those. George had grabbed uh, a pair of a pair as well, not the 180s, but I don't want to give away his cops. He'll be back next week to give his cops. Um, but yeah, I encourage everybody go in your closet, look for something that you know somebody else might want, and they want for a good deal. Have them buy you something else online or at a store. Take that loss. You know, sneakers are depreciating faster than anything. All right, uh, except cars. But you know, not a lot of people blame it on StockX and blame it on Goat and all this stuff. But you know what? I am loving it because it shows who the real sneakerheads are. It does. It shows the individuals who go back and cop something no matter what. I have always said this and I will always live by this. When something drops today, to me, what makes you a real sneakerhead? And this is not to say anybody who's not a real sneakerhead, but if it came out today and I'm currently on a break, or I have no money, or anything of the sort, if I go back and cop it a year later, and I can get it for a good price, to me, that makes you a sneakerhead, because you didn't forget that joint that came out today, and you said, them joints are fire. You just didn't let them fade away. You kept your eye on them, and you grabbed them later. That, to me, is what I like to call a real sneakerhead. Not to say that anybody's a fake sneakerhead, but to me, that's your head. Um, real quick, just to start off the show, shout out to the homie at Fatboy Snacks, uh, the Ewing Squad, which is a fan page that I believe he has on Facebook uh, for anybody who loves Ewing Athletics. Um, he recently dropped his collaboration sneaker, uh, Ewing Squad with Ewing Athletics. Uh, it's a homage to the classic Nick colors, uh, and it has a Ewing Squad on the back. And Fatboy Snacks is one of them people that I've talked about plenty of times on our podcast. There are a few people online that I talk to somewhat on a consistent basis or that I genuinely like and I genuinely enjoy their page and I genuinely enjoy them as people online. And Fatboy Snacks is one of them, you know, the Swagzilla. And he just sent me a video right now, but sorry, I couldn't answer right now. You know, obviously, Jay, uh, the homie D. Beck, um, you know, I like Baltimore Tay. You know, there's a few cats online that I talk to regularly. And if I didn't say your name, that does, obviously, I'm not excluding you. But um, Fatboy Snacks is one of those people who is true to himself. If it's not about his goals personal goals or if it's not what he's rocking the day or showing or representing Ewing um, it's just about him and that's what I love it's not too much it's just the right amount of somebody you need on social media and Ewing Athletics couldn't have picked a better person to represent their brand period um, I saw on I believe it was Wear Testers was the website I read about it and everything and you know, you could see his excitement in his interview he had with Wear Testers, and he had said that, you know, he's not an athlete, he's not an actor, uh, he doesn't have a boutique, 
Uh, he's not an influencer. Well, you know what? Fatboy Snacks is an influencer, and he's a positive influencer, and he's a good influencer because he doesn't shove anything down anyone's throat and face. He doesn't make any false claims to anything that he might wear or, or have on. There's a lot of people out there who make a lot of false claims on Instagram and everything uh, just because they got it for free or just because they know a person. Don't make false claims. Don't even represent it. Don't wear it. Don't do it. I see a lot of people get stuff. Yo, thanks, champs. Come on. You would have never bought those in that situation. Fatboy Snacks is an influencer. He's a real influencer. And I suggest everybody follow him. It's at Fatboy Snacks. That's with a P and boy, B-O-I, Snacks. That's the homie. If you can't find him on your own, come through our page, search our friends and find him. Super cool cat. Support the brand. And I'm definitely copping a pair. That's a 100% fact. And I meant to buy a pair during the 30% Memorial Day sale, but you know, I'm out here slipping. Like I said, I'm out here trying to find ways to not spend money on sneakers. So, But I, I definitely will be buying a pair and supporting him. Uh, Ewings aren't necessarily for me. Like I said, I'm extremely short. All right. A lot of people don't know me personally, but the ones who do know me personally... I'm not short, all right? I'm built like a, a, a tank, like an old Russian tank, all right? like an old Call of Duty tank, all right? You have a hard time putting hands on me and tackling me. But, you know, like I said, them joints are really high on me. Uh, Fatboy Snacks, extreme influencer to me, and he should be to everybody else, and he's a good guy. And there's another one of his friends uh, that represents the Ewing brand strong, I can't remember her IG, and I don't know her name personally, but uh, she seems like a cool uh, young lady as well. I see her in a few pictures with him a lot. And uh, I think that uh, they're on to something big. And I hope to see more from the Ewing squad. I hope to see more people representing the Ewing brand and uh, taking it to another level. I mean, there's a lot of brands out here getting a lot of shine for no reason, um, mainly because everyone's comfortable with it. But I want to see Ewing expand to some different type of models and so forth. So shout out to them. Shout out to Fatboy Snack. Shout out to Ewing Athletics. Shout out to Ewing Squad uh, releases. Uh, Nike Reacts, 87. Uh, there's a lot of them coming out. And every single one of them look good. Now, George, me and George have had a back and forth on these. I think the absolute best Nike React 87 is the first blackish gray smoke colorway. A lot of people give that title to the off-white cream reddish with the uh, transparent toe box. Eh, there's only a few people that I've seen post great pics of the 87 React and Ryan Swanger, which is one of them. He's a professional, all right? And uh, I think Baltimore Tay and the homie, I cannot think of his his uh, social media name, but it's like Bruce Atu, Bruce Atu. I don't know what it is. His pictures are the absolute best on IG, period. Um, so those come out this week obviously the off-white Chuck Taylors dropped yesterday I believe or maybe this morning eh I I just don't understand how some street stripes roadway stripes and a pink hang tag can make you guys wake up early or stand in line or go outside or grab a raffle ticket I don't understand it. All white Chuck Taylors are literally readily available everywhere. Um, 
I feel like if you're going to be an off-white brand and Nike, and these are personal opinions of mine. This is not me telling somebody what to do for that person who wants to message me and say, you think you know everything. Um, I look at those as if there's an off-white sneaker out of an entire collection that should be readily available for everybody, it should be those. I mean, they're Chuck Taylors. Like, come on. I mean, I couldn't imagine paying triple digits for Chuck Taylors. I can't. And you guys are out there doing it. And more power to you. And first of all, I wear Chuck Taylors. I'm a Chuck Taylor guy because I'm from California and that's what I know. Um, And that's a staple. It's not a go-to of mine anymore because they're uncomfortable. Um, But I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a Chuck Taylor guy. I am a Chuck Taylor guy, though. Um, But you will see. You'll see a lot of people who who bought them and don't wear them. Look, they're Chuck Taylors, everybody. Relax. Uh, What else came out this week? I think a, a New York... Los Angeles pack and it has a blazer and an Air Max 95 in it. Air Max 95 is awful. I do not subscribe to all black sneakers. You will, I might own one pair that has enough color to where I'm comfortable enough to say this isn't all black, but the all black Air Max 95s in this New York City to LA pack are awful. Uh, but there is a blazer though. Now, here's a blazer again off white. There has been in the history of Blazers only one Blazer model, and I could be wrong, and please hit me up and uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I think that there has been only one Blazer in the history of sneakers that sneakerheads universally care about, and that's Supreme Blazers, the quilted joints, uh, the black and red, and I think there's a white. I can't remember. Um, those are the only Blazers that anybody actually cared about or moved for or still low-key desire um losing your mind over now don't get me wrong the off-white um blazers sorry i lost my train of thought off-white blazers them joints are clean them joints are fire but i you have to be a fan of those from the get-go you can't become a fan of something based off the brand or the collaboration you can't it's just not how it works now it might sound a little hypocritical because i will say that happened with a lot of asics uh nobody cared about asics and certain new balances until fig and uh you know concepts and a few other boutiques did collaborations on them but you do have to have some sort of appreciation for them nobody had any appreciation for blazers until as of late Period. That's just facts. It's not even a uh, within question. And I know I'm gonna get the guy who says, "Fam, check check my check my timeline, fam. Blazers all every week." Okay. I know there's some of you out there. I'm just telling you what my two eyes see. Um, Kyrie Halloween uh, drops, which I'm not sure if it's for kids or adults, uh, which is funny. You know, even talking about a Kyrie Halloween, you know. Holiday sneakers have just faded away. You know, we used to look forward to at least look at to see what came out on the holidays. You had your Fourth of July's, you had Easter's, you had your Black History Month, you had your Halloween's. Um, 
I think even like Veterans Day will come out with some camo stuff. You have yeah, obviously your Christmas. I want to say I remember a Thanksgiving from Saucony's or Asics. You know, you had your holiday packs um, and they just kind of seem to slowly fade away. Uh, Concepts obviously still do does the uh, Christmas joints with the Nike SB. Um, but seeing a Halloween joint, it's kind of cool. Um, I think when you look back on Halloween sneakers, you will only find yourself thinking of a few. And this is my personal opinion. The greatest Halloween sneaker of all time. There's only three sneakers that I consider great Halloween sneakers. One of them is the Day of Dead SB Low. That is a phenomenal Nike SB. It's a little tacky. Um, with the skeletons and stuff all over it. But that's one of the greatest uh, Halloween sneakers of all time. The Frankenstein Air Force One uh, is a great one. And the reason why I love these two, and then the next one, which I'm going to tell you, which I think is the number one Halloween sneaker of all time. The reason why the Frankenstein Air Force One and the Day of the Dead Nike SB Low are, to me, top Halloween sneakers is because when you look at them, you can see Halloween. You can tell that this is a Frankenstein-themed Air Force One. You can look at this and say, oh, skeletons, the colors, Day of the Dead, you know, which is, you know, in the Mexican culture, I believe when they celebrate Halloween, don't get me wrong. My wife is, you know, Hispanic as well, so I probably should know that, even though we don't really do much. Anyways, and we saw Coco. I mean, Coco's a great movie. Um, and then, oh, number one. Number one Halloween sneaker to me, and it might sound a little funny, is I think it came out last year, the year before, is that foam posit for little kids, that little posit with the jack-o'-lantern mouth and eyes on the back. If that doesn't scream Halloween, I don't know what does. And I'm glad they made it for kids because a grown man walking around with a jack-o'-lantern smile on the back, it might have would have flew uh, about nine years ago. That would have flew off the shelves. We would have been outside. We would have been camped. We would have must cop, you know. Uh, but that to me is probably the best Halloween sneaker that I could think of, uh, to date. Uh, I think also this weekend, some more off-white come out, the Zoom Fly SPs. They're those like runner looking ones. I think a pink and a black one. They have that foam on the bottom, that thick foam. Eh, they're probably great running shoes, but those shoes are hideous. And there was another collaboration that recently dropped on sneakers. Um, not Goku, but whatever that with the crossbones um and they dropped a fly sp as well the shoe was just not attractive at all i seen like some women wearing it look there's a lot of things that there's a lot of guys out here who look ridiculous wearing certain sneakers they look unbalanced a woman wearing certain sneakers with a certain body type it just never works there are some that can pull it off but you have to have a specific type of attitude to me, and I'm not here to judge women or talk about women or anything, but seeing a woman wearing these and she's super duper slim, super, super it looks crazy to me. Um, slip on Cortez and uh, Kendrick Lamar collaboration. Huge Kendrick Lamar fan. Huge Cortez fan. Cortez was the very first sneaker that I remember my dad buying me, uh, besides Jordan 6s, I believe, that year. Actually, I don't remember. I was only a kid. Um, but 
I'm a huge fan of Cortez's, and I love seeing people rock Cortez's on a regular basis. Obviously, back in the day, from where I came from, they were all for vatos and, you know, Mexicans. And, you know, you come walking down the street in a pair of Cortez's, you might get jumped. Uh, but I do appreciate Cortez's, and I could right now, without a shadow of a doubt, with full conviction, if Kendrick Lamar has any hand in touching any Cortez model or having any idea or I'm sorry, any input on what to do with them. I can hands down say he is single handedly ruining the Cortez period. Every single Kendrick Lamar Cortez is awful. Now the ones that got damn on the side, those are cool. They're pretty plain, but the ones that got the strip up the tongue, which might be the same model. These ones are slip ons. Look, like what you like, cop what you cop, let fly off shelves or let fly off shelves. But at some point, we have to take responsibility and a stand and say, you know what? Those can sit. We, we don't need those. There was never any need for a Cortez to slip on, period. All right. There is only a few reasons to wear a sneaker that slips on that easy. One, going to check the mailbox. You just slip it on, go check the mailbox. Two, going to the grocery store, pick up gas. I mean, sorry, go get milk, bread, real quick stuff for the family, for the house, the basics, bottle of water. And three, argue with your girlfriend outside in front of your mom's house. That's the only reason to have a sneaker that slips on. All right. Facts, you know. Uh, Any other reason having a slip on sneaker? <laughs> Stop. I mean, maybe go to the bar. But you plan on getting extremely wasted. I think one thing I do hate doing is when I get super drunk is taking my sneakers off. Because if I make it home with my sneakers still intact and no throw up on them or anything weird on them, when I get in the closet or get home, I'm so out of it that you just take them off any type of way. You don't unlace them. You just start stomping them and ripping them off like a child. Uh, anyways, uh, Jordan 18's retro. Uh, this is obviously the best colorway in the Jordan 18, but Jordan 18... Uh, it might be, it's definitely in the top five worst Jordans of all time to me. Jordan 18, once, once people started taking away the ability to remove your laces from shoes, I knew that was it. I knew that we were headed down a weird path. The best part of the Jordan 18s when they came out was the towel and the brush. That was it. And I think majority of the cast that I knew used the brush for their hair. I mean, you got to get them 360 waves. Having a brush to brush the side of your shoe is insane. Um, turbo green Jordan 8s. People call them South Beach 8s. I mean, if there's ever a sneaker that just wasn't necessary or needed to drop. Now, I don't know if they're for kids or for grown men or what. They look like a kid slash woman sneaker. They're just not necessary. Um, I think it's a good time right now to release a playoff 8. Um, or bread eight, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think Aquas have run its course. I think we got to wait about another three years to get Aquas to drop again. We need no more lows and maybe a new colorway. But new colorway and eights have to be one solid dark color. They can't be white. In which I'm very disappointed that people disrespected the uh, olive green eights. I think that might be number two or number three greatest Jordan eight of all time. Uh, what else comes out? Oh, 
Jordan 9 boots. There's a black, I mean, sorry, a brown and green pair. And they're called Beef and Broccoli's, which obviously is a New York thing for a, a specific Timberland model. Jordan 8, if you're looking for a boot this winter, Jordan 8 boots are fire. Now, we live in the great state of Arizona. It's 84 outside, and I'm wearing a crew neck sweater. It's always hot here. So us wearing boots here, you might have a total of 17 days where a boot might be acceptable because it's, you know, cold and it might be raining outside. That's the only time. If I lived in a snow state, if I lived in a real cold weather state, I would buy Jordan 9 boots. If I had Jordan 9 boots now, I would I would wear them. Them joints are fire and all the colorways to them are fire the wheat the beef and broccoli they look like one that was like a space jam colorway and you know why jordan 9 boots are fire because just a regular jordan 9 is a boot all right we talk about it all the time certain sneakers they didn't age well they turned into boots uh they didn't adapt to our clothing so when you put on just a regular jordan 9 it's like wearing a boot so to take a jordan 9 and make a boot that was a good decision by jordan brand like i said hmm that was really good. Now the price point, two twenty nine. No, uh, I don't encourage anybody to pay two twenty nine for a Jordan that is not a basketball Jordan. Jordan boots max one sixty. That might be really undervaluing what they do to the sneaker or whatever their price points and marketing is. But do not pay two hundred dollars for a Jordan boot. Just don't buy some Tims, um, and you'll be and you'll. You'll be fine. Buy some Tims. And I think that's it for releases. Uh, none of those I'm copying because, like I said, we're on a budget. Um, Puma Disrupts. Actually, I'm going to talk about what we talked about today. So since it is just me, shout out to George. George, like I said, is working, super busy. Uh, and I think I've mentioned this before. We The podcast days are going to be a little different. Uh, my son has T-ball and... You know, I'm one of those firm believers in there are things much more important. I know I sound like a uh, a specific sneaker head that I've talked about before. I sound like a, I can't even think about it. I don't even know. But um, I'm not missing T-ball or anything for the podcast. And like I said, I appreciate all the fans, supporters. I hate the word fans. Supporters who listen and message us and comment and correct us and argue with us and call us dick riders and all that stuff. Even though, and haters and bitter and old, I actually do love it all. Um, but, you know, the days we switch. So we'll probably be doing the podcast more uh, during the week, Tuesday, Thursdays, whatever's good. George has a specific job that requires certain requirements that might hinder that um but like i said shows will go on um i will definitely tell you that we will probably be doing three shows a month versus the typical four unless we get a third member then for because like i've told you guys numerous times we pay a lot of money to do this show and put together a quality show and this isn't to brag or talk about anything and we are making merch I, ugh, 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 the word merch is ugh merch um we are making some and that process has begun 
And shout out to uh, George's wife, Hannah, who will be helping me get that out. Um, and we're doing something different. I'm not doing a pre-order. I'm not doing any of that. We're going to make them. You buy them. I'd greatly appreciate it because we'll use that money to go 100% towards the podcast. Ain't going in our pockets. We we love doing the show. Um, but, you know, it does hurt the pocket sometimes. So uh, shout out to Hannah for uh, helping me out with that. Uh, Puma Clyde's also come out. I forgot to say that Puma Clyde Disrupt, uh, which, you know, everybody knows as Puma's first uh, attempt at bringing the basketball brand back. You know, they have signings like Aton um, with the Suns and Rudy Gay and uh, I believe Knox on the Knicks is signed. And uh, Skylar Diggs is now a Puma athlete. Uh, I don't know if anyone cares. And I'm not here to tell Puma what to do or anybody. This, you know, me being uh, nobody with a couple cameras and a microphone uh, doesn't give me necessarily the authority to tell anybody what to do. But there are some things that could have been done a little different. Um, The shoe itself isn't bad. The problem with the shoe to me is, you know, trying to tell us it's a basketball shoe. The shoe is definitely not a basketball shoe. There, there is absolutely no way. I would love to try one on, but I cannot see anybody playing basketball in these sneakers. They are not, they look flat on the bottom, which I don't mind because I grew up playing in Jordans, which have always been flat on the bottom, uh, probably until, gosh, eights. I think eights is when they started the bottom of a Jordan wasn't flat anymore. Uh, one through seven flat. Um, these look like a attempt on a casual shoe for the future basketball. It doesn't look comfortable at all. Um, but I feel like they didn't do a good enough marketing for it. And I think they might have marketed too early for it. We've seen pictures and knew about this months and months ago. And now I know the basketball season is now getting ready to start and preseason has started. And typically this is when everybody starts dropping their their sneakers. Like I would say like the LeBron 16, once we saw pictures of those, they came out relatively quick. Uh, you had the version that was strictly for women's, then the what the, the what the version, and then the fresh bread version. Those came out pretty quick relatively to when we begin to see pictures of them. These Pumas, they kind of took too long. I think that no one cares. And I could be wrong. They could fly off shelves and sell out. Um, I just want to make sure that... um, Sorry, make sure is the wrong way to put this. I want to see other brands rise to how Adidas did. Adidas rose. Now, they did have a little push with Kanye. And, you know, they've always had Pharrell on the roster. And uh, they pretty much have everybody that dictates to society in the sneaker community what cool is. Um, But I feel like Puma has an opportunity to allow us to personally get to know a lot of the people that they have recently signed to uh, their basketball line. I think it would be awesome. Once again, not telling anybody what to do, but having this newer version of a Clyde um, as a basketball shoe would be dope if each person you sign, and they recently signed Boogie Cousins too, uh, which ah, I don't know about. He has no personality except scary. Um, 
I think it would be dope to see each athlete have their own classic Clyde, that they get to do anything to them. To have your own classic suede Clyde, any material, any colorway, any laces, but it has to be that classic silhouette with their twist to it, whether it be team colors, whether it be anything of the colors of something they grew up with, whether it be a pattern, anything like that. I think that would be a really dope way for us to get to know a Puma athlete. I don't know much about these kids. You know, a lot of consumers that are in the basketball sneakers still uh, have turned basketball sneakers, majority of them into casual wear sneakers. None of us watch college basketball. There is a small, minimal amount of us that watch college basketball from day one through the tournament. I would probably say 70% watch the tournament. March Madness might be the, one of the greatest periods of time of a year. March Madness ranks up there with Thanksgiving and Christmas and um, baseball playoffs. These are facts. Um even college football playoffs doesn't even come close. College football playoffs has the right formula, not enough teams. Uh, but like I said, man, it'd be dope to have a Boogie Cousins pick his own materials, colorways, and anything of a classic Clyde that is only available in the city he plays for, the team, and maybe the I'm sorry, the state that he plays for on a team, and maybe the state where they were born or they came from or another state that has a special meaning to them. Um, it'd be dope to hear why Boogie Cousins chose this material, chose this colorway, what this means to him, what um, his thought process was in designing this uh, classic Clyde. Um, I think that'd be dope. And there's, you know, like I said, I know that all these sneaker companies have people that they go to and these quote-unquote influencers and these you know tastemakers and these gatekeepers and stuff i'm gonna tell you something they're not doing anything for you i can't think of one person who was the main mainstream people like i said earlier a fat boy snacks if you follow fat boy snacks or no fat boy snacks you you think of ewing period you think of ewing i don't think of anybody else who is considered an influencer you gotta put air quotes i know you can't see me when you listen to your apple spotify uh google play podbean stitcher i know you can't see air quotes but when you say influencers air quotes i know those people don't influence anybody because they don't influence me i don't view them as genuine people when it comes to representing a brand, I feel. Um, I wanna see somebody who has excellent input about something. I wanna see somebody who's gonna be honest about something. I wanna see somebody who is wearing this sneaker outside in the world, not just in their living room on IG, not just in their living room on Facebook. I wanna see them at Disneyland or with their kids or family wearing the sneakers. When I see people doing that, that lets me know like, hmm, they really mess with this sneaker. Um, so I think that'd be good. I think that'd be good for Puma 
to allow us to get to know these athletes. I don't want a bio on your website. I don't want a, a, a stat line on your website. I want a video. I want a state-by-state state Puma pop-up shop. Every state deserves a pop-up shop. It doesn't have to always be New York, L.A., maybe Miami. I don't even know other states, but I feel like that there are way too many sneakerheads and too large of a community for pop-up shops to be in the exact same place every single time. It, it, and especially here in Arizona, we have your first basketball signing we have the number one draft pick. Can we see something here in Arizona to make us go, all right, we're going to buy that. Uh, we're going to give that a shot. That's what it's going to be, giving it a shot and saying, these joints us fly. Um, like I said, cousin signing, don't know if it's a good idea. don't know if it's a bad idea. He's injured and he's a big man. I mean, like I said, I want to know more about Boogie Cousins. All we know is that he's angry, funny, and you don't want to mess with him. Well, funny in his own way. Know nothing about him. Um, I think a lot of people forget his name is Demarcus. We call him Boogie so much, um, but I think that would be dope. Uh, I do want a pair. I do have a few pair of Pumas, and me and Simple, uh, shout out to Ryan. We've talked about the, one of the greatest niggas of all time is a Puma Roma. People don't remember Romas, but Romas are one of the greatest niggas of all time. It's like it's it's just that perfect casual sneaker that. Just went with everything back in the day. You couldn't go wrong with it. Um, man, somebody sent me a picture of the release dates for the Jordan 33s. You know what? I've said this. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Jordan to drop. I don't. I, I'm not worried about Concords. I'm not worried about Bread 4s. I'm not worried about. Any other Jordan, what off-white 11s, tint 11s, whatever nonsense. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Jordan release as I am for the Jordan 33. I genuinely can't wait until the 18th. I, I can't. I think a lot of people who are on the fence about them get off the fence, jump in the pool. Like Jordan 33s visually have all the elements that we look for to wear casually and technology-wise. It's minimal technology. It's 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 a, a little strap thingy, eject your foot out, cool. That's it. It has too many elements that I want to pass on, and I feel like it's going to be that sneaker that some pass on, and you'll be like, God dang it, I want a pair now, and they're going to be either really, really high, depending on how many they made, um, but this is probably the first sneaker in a long time where when the I'm got my alerts on raffles, local raffles, signups, first come first serves. I'm, I'm going to try to do it all uh, for the white pair, the black pair. I'm debating on the black and blue pair. Uh, I might hit up, uh, you know, the homie, uh, you know, Jay's family, Jay's podcast family. He's part of the podcast. Um, for the Jade color, 33s, I think 33s are phenomenal. I'm waiting for them. Um, I'm trying not to lose my mind too much from them because you can get in trouble with sneaker moods. Sneaker moods. Another thing that I like to say uh, amongst certain people. But, you know, a sneaker mood is one of those ones, uh, a mood, you know, you see people's mood, goal relations, mood, whatever nonsense you see on social media. But 
A sneaker mood is when you put on something that you haven't put on in a long time and it it takes over you. It engulfs you to where you start thinking, you know what? I'm only rocking these. I have been on a, I will tell you this, the Air Max 95 is one of the most overrated Air Maxes, maybe sneakers of all time, but it's a great, it, it's one of the greats. It's legendary. I just think it's overrated compared to all the other Air Maxes. Um, but I've been wearing my, rocking my pairs lately. And when my wife sets me loose, oh my God, I'm watching so many Air Max 95s on eBay. It's not even funny. When my wife says, all right, we did this, we did that, you're free. My closet might be full of Air Max 95s. And that's a sneaker mood. A sneaker mood will ruin your collection <laughs> and ruin your collection for a few years because sneaker moods are literally temporary. We have all been there where we said, yo, 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 no more basketball sneakers because I'm only buying runners. We've all been there. And then we cop all these runners and then we like, yo, I need a, I need a Jordan 6 or I need a, you know, whatever it is. So we got to watch out for the for sneaker moods. Sneaker moods will ruin your collection, and sneaker moods actually ruin sneakerheads. Sneaker moods make sneakerheads when they realize they bought way too many feelers, and they look in the closet and say, huh, "Fire!" But I think I overdid it. That's a sneaker mood, and then you realize I might be stuck with a lot of feelers for quite some time. Fire! But yet, I let a sneaker mood take over me. Um, so anyways, uh, man, I'm kind of breezing through this. Obviously, uh, we appreciate everybody voting for the Stingleture Sneaker Tournament. Uh, it's lasted a little longer than I did. You know, this is a, a process. You know, a lot of the things that we have people vote on is usually a little different. A bracket of sneakers is really hard. Uh, to have people vote on every single week because we do want to come on the show and talk about the sneakers. So I don't want to just like, this is closed and rely s solely on social media to advertise that the next round is open. So I know this is lasting a little longer than usual, but I definitely appreciate everybody who's voted. Uh, appreciate everybody who's commented, hit me up and, you know, what they said that we're crazy or said we have no idea what we're doing. I appreciate it. And shout out to Jay for uh, being a part of this. Um, but I'll talk about that next round, which will open pretty soon. It might be already open now. I have no idea. Obviously, talk about the Tom Sachs. Well, that's how you say it. Sachs. Uh, Nike Mars Overshoe. Um, and I'm going to do... And me and George had this plan. And uh, George can do his next week, which I want George to do this next week. Um, I know George is going to listen to this because he doesn't even listen to his own podcast. Uh, and that's for all you other podcasts and shows out there that think, you know... I'm telling you right now, the only podcast I listen to sneaker related, Last of the Soul Heacons, Soul Searching. So any other show that thinks, oh, they listen. Not at all. I don't. I don't have the time to. And George doesn't even listen to ours. So I know he's not listening to anybody else. So you can hit me with sneak disses. But it ain't working. I'm not biting because I have no idea what you're talking about. Um... I'm going to do my top 10 greatest sneakers ever, part two, because I know we've done this before. Um, part two. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff on here that I genuinely consider are great. It's not necessarily what I consider great, what I would wear today. 
but I'm basing this off specific colorways, which, you know, I'm kind of mad George isn't here to do that. And I just wanted to get it out the way. I'm just going to do mine. I hate saving stuff when they're fresh on my mind. There's a lot of times, you know, events take place, uh, sneaker related, sports related, and I want to get into the studio immediately. It might happen on Wednesday night. And now we have to wait an entire week and the story turns cold then. But uh, top 10 sneakers or greatest sneakers to me, fresh in my mind, because you really have to go back and evaluate what it is to you. And I see a lot of people on social media, you know, proclaiming new things as grails and stuff. They can't be grails. First of all, to me, a sneaker has to be out available to the market at least three years before it reaches grail status. Something that comes out in 2018 and it's still 2018 and you're calling it grail. No, no, just don't don't do that. Wait about three years and then call it a grill. No issues with that. But I will be doing my top 10 greatest sneakers of all time to me. Um, I'm trying to think. I'll be talking about UFC, which is crazy. Uh, talk about that at the end. Had a lot of people complain about us talking a large amount of sports. Me and George are super duper sports guys. Ryan as well when he was on the show. And uh, anybody who comes on here knows that. So I know we do get a little carry away with the sports because the primary premise of the show is sneakers. Uh, so I want to make sure that we get back to the sneakers first. Then we talk the sports at the end. And for those who aren't interested in our opinions or takes on sports, you can just cut it off. You know, it is what it is. But follow us. Subscribe. iTunes. Spotify. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, YouTube, everywhere. Um, we're pretty much everywhere. Our website, thesneakdisc.com. A lot of people don't know. You can listen directly on our website, thesneakdisc.com. Um, Tom Sachs, uh, Nike Mars Overshoe. If you are sneakerhead and if you are on social media, you have seen these abominations. Here's my issue with sneakers like this and opportunities not necessarily given because Tom Sachs is something on another level but there's a fine line between different and odd um different is off-white collection that's different odd are these these are odd I think you could even go back and say odd for back when the Invisible Woman Air Force Ones came out. It was odd. There are certain sneakers that are just not necessary and shouldn't be released to the market. These shoes are one of those shoes that you should strictly see on a runway or a one of one or a friends and family. And this is where sneakerheads begin to lose themselves to where they have been so influenced by previous purchases, the Internet, um, to where they start being outright contrary. I'm a contrarian myself. I can be contrary sometimes just to be contrary. Um, but these shoes, I don't care who you are. I don't care if I know you have talked to you. I, you don't like them. It's perfectly fine for you guys to buy them, 
but don't say you like them. Don't say that they're fire. Don't say one of the best you've ever seen. No, no, no. Just buy them because you already own the other Mars pair and you want to complete the collection or you're just like, oh, you know what? I have the money. I'm going to buy them or you know what? They're cool. But don't throw out the fires. Don't throw out these emojis. Don't throw out that that strong arm. Don't throw out the needles and all that stuff. Just buy them. Do nothing for them. I, I, I don't understand areas like this where because I, I I think I have to put the blame on whoever the athlete is or the actor or the collaborator when it comes to stuff like this because if you're gonna let something like this fly off of an idea uh, from Tom Sachs 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 whoever then either other athletes or other collaborators aren't pushing enough to make their stuff better or be a little different because this shouldn't have even been made. You can't wear these in public. These are strictly for snow. It's not for the rainy day. This is for the snow. This is for a blizzard. This is for a dangerous situation. This isn't something that you just say, I'm going to wear these joints today. These are awful. These are terrible. And no one should like them. But if you want to buy them, buy them. Knock yourself out. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But I will tell you that I don't believe you if you say you like them or considering it or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. No, no, you're not. The original, the, the brown joints, absolute fire. All right. And I wasn't on that boat originally, but them joints are perfect with everything. They are great. Um, but this right here, this is stupid. This is a, this is trolling. This is, this is utter nonsense. This is, this is, you know, we'll put it out there and it's our fault. It's all of our faults in the sneaker community. It's all of our fault because we, we've allowed so many other things to fly off the shelves and, and go under the radar and, um, cop. And try to resell and cop just because or cop because we're thinking about it that there is no reason why a Nike or anybody else should take anything else in consideration except our actions. If I'm a Nike executive or if I'm a whoever and I go on my sneakers app and I go on something and I see that Jordan 7 lows sold out or if I see people losing their minds or adding Nike because they couldn't cop a Chuck Taylor. When you start to see stuff like that, that's when you realize, and they realized this a long time ago, we can make anything if we put a dope video to it, you know, a few teaser pics, a name attached to it, limit the run, show where they'll be located, do a sneaker at pass. We'll buy anything. We will literally buy or try anything. And I'm, a, I'm guilty of it as well. I have recently, yeah, the last year or two, have stopped. But everybody who knows something is trash, yet knows that other people will pay top dollar for it, trying to buy it is almost just as bad as buying it. Um, and that's something we got to get better at. But, you know, when it's attached to money, it's attached to money. Um, 
trying to think what else I'm trying to think about uh, what I'm going to talk about. I feel like I'm actually kind of breezing through this. Um, signature sneaker tournament. So, uh, like I said, I appreciate everybody who votes. Uh, appreciate everybody who listens. Appreciate everybody who watches this. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I like to think we're pretty regular sneakerheads, cool cats. I know there's a lot of people that don't like us or me um, for that matter. But to me, I feel like if you don't like us or me um, based off of free content of our genuine opinions, we're doing our job. We're doing a great job at what we do. Um, we don't take the easy road out when we talk about a lot of stuff. I'll tell you it's trash. We don't say it's not for me. But I can see why somebody else would buy it. That's pussy. All right. And that ain't us. All right. Um, but Senator Sneaker Tournament, I will say that it pretty much turned out um, up to this point like we expected. Uh, it's mainly all Jordans um, that made it through. Uh, we have a LeBron and we have a Pippin uh, that made it through, which I am thrilled about. Uh, because I feel like there are a lot of sneaker greats that get overlooked during that certain period of time between the 87 to 99. There's a lot of great basketball sneakers in there that we forget about because we were so influenced and enamored by Michael Jordan himself. Let's just put that out there. We all love Jordan sneakers because of Michael Jordan, not because of the sneaker and how it looks. Michael Jordan was out there doing stuff that we had never seen from anybody in a uh, sport, and he looked fly doing it. That's that's the difference. That's with Jordans. Um, so just to go through this uh, next round, I believe this would be round two, three. I'm not sure what this is. And I'm going to give you my picks uh, for who makes it or not. And I appreciate everybody voting. Like I said, I want you guys to go in there and vote. Uh, I have it up tonight and post it. And uh, you guys can go ahead and uh, get that going. And we'll try to wrap this up quick because we do have our end of the year sneaker awards that we give out every year. And this will be our third annual, fourth annual, third annual. And uh, probably bring in a couple of guests, you know, shout out to the the homie Don. He's been on a minute. Uh, but I would like Don to come back and maybe Mr. Midos or, you know, a couple others. Uh, maybe Ryan, whoever wants to come through and uh, talk about, you know, Sneaker of the Year awards again. And, uh, you know, go through each one. But right now, signature sneaker tournament uh, that made it through. And I appreciate it by the Like I said, I appreciate Bracket Ninjas for allowing us to do this. Uh, they let us put together a super dope bracket on their website, you know, check them out. I suggest all other sneaker podcasts or website, anybody else. We're no haters. Check them out. Use them. You know, it's a it's a pay thing. Pay, use it, put together something dope. You can copy us. Um, I'm fine with it. But I might let you know you copied us if you don't give us the credit. Signature sneaker tournament. We have the 14C Jordan 5 versus the 15C Zoom Generation. Jordan 5s are, I think, Jordan 5s are a top 20 great model of all time, I believe, I think, I'm not too sure. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Jordan 5s. Uh, I think people put too much emphasis on 
uh, Fresh Prince with it. I, I understand it. Who didn't watch Fresh Prince? I still watch Fresh Prince to this day. But uh, the Jordan 5, it might be one of the original boots besides the Jordan 2. I mean, it's a very bulky, heavy sneaker. And I love hooping in shoes like that. But it was kind of a dramatic change from the 4 to the 5. The 3 and the 4, they they not resemble each other, but you can just see that they were like, they're related. Jordan 5's not. Completely flew out the window with the Jordan 8 back then. But a Jordan 5 versus a 15 Zoom Generation LeBron, I'm going to go with the LeBron. I think the LeBron generation is very overrated. I think it's overrated. I'm sorry, underrated. I think it's underrated, and I think it's overrated at the exact same time. When I say it's underrated, it means that I think a lot of people forget about it. I think a lot of people get a, a lot of people forget about how wearable it is and how great of an actual basketball sneaker it was. The grip on it was a little weird. I mean, once they got dusty, oh, you were sliding all over the place. But it was a really comfortable sneaker, and I think it had all the elements. Uh, that we could still wear it today. Um, now, I do think it's overrated in the fact of everybody copying because I don't see anybody wearing them. I think, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, but I don't see anybody posting on what did you wear today, LeBron generation, ever. Those high school joints flew. Wheats, wheats flew at that moment. The first, the first games, I believe that's what they're called, flu and I, I don't see anybody wearing them like you, you're not going to convince me that they're they're fire to you if uh if nobody is wearing them. checking on the camera it's just me today um zoom generation one uh the six seed jordan four versus the eight seed jordan three um hmm <laughs> I love the Jordan 4, so I'm going with the Jordan 4. I think that white cement Jordan 4s are um, arguably one of the greatest Jordans of all time. Um, Jordan 3s, I think, are a great model and look better on everyone else. Um, And I gauge my feeling on sneakers when I put one on and I look down and I look at it, how it looks. A Jordan 3, to me, had too many flaws from the get-go. They cracked like crazy. The silhouette was clean, um, but they cracked like crazy. And I kind of feel like, you know, the last, what, five, six years, I can't even think when they started releasing weird colors, they started to ruin the Jordan 3. You had, like, Crimson 3s and Wolf Grey 3s, and then, um, gosh, even go back even further, you had... uh, uh shoot. Not just do it threes, but um I can't even think the Spike Lee movie joints. You had um Elephant Print threes, then you had like Joker threes, and you know, it was just like, all right, you know, you're ruining something that is a classic. Uh and I think Jordan threes are one of those models that only look good in the original colorways. I think the Fear 3 is a decent looking 3. And the Dornbecker 3s are cool. You know, you can argue but that's that's probably the best, if not the second best, Dornbecker model. Um, but a Jordan 3 and a Jordan, floor, Jordan 4 look best in their original OG colorways. 
uh, in that battle, Jordan 4 versus Jordan 3, I'm going Jordan 4. Uh, the number 9 scene, Airmorp Temple Pippins versus the 11 seed, Jordan 6. Jordan 6 is my favorite Jordan of all time. That's what I consider a grail. Um, obviously, I prefer uh, the version with the Nike swoosh on the back and the real infrared. Um, but I do feel like Jordan 6 have lost something to him. I think uh, it's one of the most important Jordans, considering it's the Jordan that he won his first championship in against the Lakers, which fond memories of watching that in L.A. and going for the Lakers, but just amazed at this Michael Jordan guy. Um, I'm going to go Air Morp Tempo. We've talked about it before on this show. Air Morp Tempo has been single-handedly abused by Nike. There might be, I think that other than Reebok questions, trying to think of something else, there might be more colorways of the air more up-tempo than a lot of other sneakers. And this is another one where it's only released in a few other colorways that you thought, hmm, okay. Uh, the Knicks colorway, and then there was a Chicago colorway that had the actual PIP, the PIP on the back with the black letters and the white sneaker. Those two, I think, were done really well. Um, they're really good, but the tradi traditional black. And then the version uh, that I was talking about with, um, I don't know his name, but he's on the Unseemed uh, YouTube show. I'm not calling it a podcast because it's not a podcast. But the Unseen YouTube show, he brought up the Jawan Howard version. I don't think a lot of people have even seen the Jawan Howard version. I had those in eighth grade, and they were all white, and they had teal in the air pocket bubble and a teal swoosh in the back. I have no idea why Nike won't retro those. It's just all white, premium leather, all right? That real leather, that, you know, that Wilson's leather, that mall leather, you know, that leather jacket leather. Um, and just teal, but yet they keep coming out with these weird kid versions and these pink ones and these silver and look, don't, don't abuse it and don't whore them out. The traditional, you would think, you know, as a kid growing up, like, man, I want, you know, air on the side, you know, you draw these goofy sneakers and stuff. Nike got that right. You would think you couldn't fit the word air on the side and make it wrap around the sneaker and still and look good. Looks good. I'm going with Pippin over the Jordan 6. Um, and last, we have the number one seed, Jordan 1, versus the number uh, four seed, Jordan 11. Look, when you think of Jordan 1, you think of bread. When you think of a black red, you know, sorry, no disrespect to people. Uh, when you think of Jordan 11, you think of Concord. You might think Space Jam. For those certain people, they might say Cool Grays. Cool Gray 11s are so tacky. Um, the Jordan 11 Concord is hands down number one 
you can ask me this five years from now, you can ask me this 10 years from now, hands down, probably the most iconic sneaker of all time. And I only base that off of, I mean, it won a championship in it, not just the Concord, but the model. He won a championship in it. That's one, which is very important. You know, uh, there's a lot of Jordans that you could forget about. I would say Jordan 7, I would say Jordan no, no, not seven. I would say Jordan eight, nine, and ten. You could forget about those. They just weren't it. It was something about that little period of time that was like, they're just Jordan, so we got a cop. But no, they weren't it uh, at all. Um, but the Jordan 11 is probably the most recognizable Jordan of all time to our moms, aunts, uncles. Everybody sees a Jordan 11 and thinks, I remember that. Or someone had that. Or... uh I remember wanting those. I remember when everybody hated them. Uh, me and Simple talked about it all the time. I remember Jordan Con- Concord 11s were on the sale rack at JCPenney's uh, for one, I think, 28 or something like that, 138. The sale wall at JCPenney. This is when JCPenney's used to sell that fire, all right? Now they sell, you know, shack suits, whatever JCPenney sells now. But Concord's. Jordan 11 model is hands down the most iconic Jordan of all time to me. Not for meaning, not for anything like that, not whatever. It's because of just it itself. Um, I'm going Jordan 11 against the Jordan 1. The Jordan 11 is just a better model shoe. I'm not basing it off what I'd wear today or what I consider better or what means more. The Jordan 11 is a better model made looking shoe than a Jordan 1. And another Jordan 1 is based off of what 87, 85, 86, whatever it is, 84. But it just is. And that's just the way it is. So like I said, I choose LeBron 1 over Jordan 5. I choose Jordan 4 over Jordan 3. I choose the Pippin uh Airmark Temple over Jordan 6 and I choose the Jordan 11 over the Jordan 1. Uh, like I said, go uh to our IG page or go to our Twitter and the link is in the bio to vote. Um, I will post regularly, like I said, you know, um, and make sure that um, it's up and running. You guys can vote. I apologize to anybody who tried to vote uh, during this week or last week and it wasn't working. Uh, The date for it to close was incorrect. And that's my fault. Uh, But, you know, we live and we learn. And we do things like this to get the listeners and people in the community to participate. You don't get a lot of you don't get to participate in a lot of things that you see online. And I know I'm bad at responding to people's comments on social media. I mean, sorry, on uh, social media and YouTube. But um, I'm trying to get better at that. We used to be really, really good at it, but you know, it's time consuming. And then you can find yourself in a real in depth discussion with somebody and lose track of time and realize you ain't did nothing all day. Uh, so we're trying to get better at that. But like I said, I appreciate everybody who vote. Go in there and vote. Subscribe. Hit us up. Talk to us. Chat. Whatever you want to do. Uh, top 10 greatest sneakers to me. I'm just going to jump right into it. Kind of. Uh, for those who have listened to us since day one, I think we started doing top 10s. Episode 16, I believe. Um, I think we did it one time and then didn't do it again. And then I was Ryan or Trejo, shout out to Trejo, um, made the suggestion that we need to do it every single week. So we did it. And we are the kings of it, I would like to say. Let me, let me, I'll tell you, the only top 10 list you should trust should come from Watch Mojo, 
on YouTube, uh, 106 in part, and listening to this podcast. Those are the three greatest top 10 list compilers of all time. And listening to this podcast, we're fine at coming in at number three. An honorable mention top 10 list. Hmm. I would say an honorable mention top 10 list generator or creator would probably be probably a talk show. You know, Jimmy Fallon or somebody who does like a top 10 or Conan or somebody. Uh, but they're four and they're honorable mention. So anyways, uh, I said George will be back next week and he will give his top 10 greatest sneakers to him. Uh, me and George have similar taste when it comes to talking about classic sneakers. Uh, we occasionally get into uh, heated arguments over stuff. Um, but I took a lot of time to really think about this list. And I could have I went back and looked at what I previously said on the first time we did it. But, you know, there's a lot of sneakers out there. Uh, there's a lot of sneakers in the community or out there in the public, you know, websites, eBay, that you forget about. Your mind gets so set on stuff that you don't realize how great or how impactful, if you could say that about a sneaker, something meant to you or just a good time you remember. I'm not a nostalgic person. I'm a nostalgic person in the sense of like this hat. This is an original hat from when the Bulls won the championship in 97. You know, shout out to AZ Threads for this. This is an original one. Tags, everything, you know, logo, everything. I like nostalgia in that way. I, I sleep in a Larry Bird jersey, not a Mitchell Ness remake. I sleep in a Larry Bird jersey from 84. Uh, when I go to bed, I sleep in a Larry Bird jersey and PE shorts. I have no I, I have no idea why I'm telling you this. Anyways, um, that's where I feel nostalgia. Like, I love thinking about the history of sports and stuff like that. Sneaker history is one of those things where you just remember where you were when you saw them and fell in love with them. Aramore of Temple Pippins, I remember being on the basketball court and this girl came mobbing through with the Juwan Howard version and we were like, lost it. I mean, I'm talking lost our minds and had to cop. You know, it was one of those ones you go home and tell your mom you'd vacuum and, and clean the yard and, you know, do stuff every single day for a year without even being asked. You know, you're lying, you know, because once you copped them, you know, you did it twice and you found yourself playing Mario Kart all day in GoldenEye. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. Um, top 10 greatest sneakers to me. My greatest sneakers. I appreciate all the comments, but if George is here, Ryan, Mr. Midos, Don, Daniel, anybody who's been on this show, Jay on the line, anybody, I wouldn't put judgment on their top 10 greatest to them. I might say that they're ranked a little high, but you can never say that somebody's top 10 sucks or anything like that because you never know what it means to them. Number 10, actually, honorable mentions. Honorable mention, Kamikaze 2. I talk about the Reebok Kamikaze 2 a lot on this podcast. I think it is such, it, it ranks up there with the Air Marble Temple to me. Air on the side, simple zigzags on the side with ex excellent color blocking and given to an athlete who jumped out of the building at the right time. Watching him against Jordan, him, GP, Jordan, Pippen, all of them going at it in the finals was just a great time. Watching the Sonics, you know, I really hope the NBA gets a team back in Seattle. And shout out to the Thunder for, I mean, for the Warriors uh, playing um, in Seattle, you know, and Kevin Durant being out there wearing the Sean Kemp jersey. 
Uh, Kamikaze 2s, I think, are one of the greatest sneakers of all time to me. Um, honorable mention. And it looked like a, it had the Jordan 6 silhouette, had a Jordan 7 silhouette. It was very wearable, still wearable to this day. Uh, Air Marble Temple Pippins. I know I talked really, really high on them, and they should probably be in my top 10 list. But there are other things that I personally have grown fond of a lot more and wear on a regular basis. Uh, one of these on here I wear every single weekend guaranteed because it's tradition. I There's not a weekend I don't go putting it on at some point. Um, and Jordan 6. Jordan 6 is my favorite Jordan of all time. I think to me uh, it's lost a little bit of luster. It has. I don't know if it's poor colorways that they choose to drop or it's the constant teasing of giving us the real retro but it's something about them where they just kind of lost it. And they have, uh, they're not very comfortable to wear. You know, I would almost recommend going a half size down when you buy a Jordan 6. It's something about them that just, I don't know if it's newer models, but like I said, I love the Jordan 6 and that's an honorable mention. Number 10, uh, top 10 greatest sneakers to me Royal Foam Posit. Uh, Foam Posit 1. I know today Foam Posits aren't. Although they do seem to still sell out when they drop one on the occasion. Uh, foam posits aren't everyone's go-to anymore. There's a few people. Uh, Mr. Midos every once in a while. I think there's like, a, I think maybe Pop Pop Lewis. Maybe I think that's his IG. I think he still wears foams. Um, 804 foams. I can't think of their IG names. But I see them on IG. And I appreciate them cats wearing them. All big dudes, They're at least six feet tall, all right, and at least two twenty to two eighty, okay. Um, but I appreciate seeing people still keep phone posits alive. Phone posits might not be the business today, but phone posits, you have to be respectful of them. They're one of the greatest sneakers of all time. They were one eighty when they dropped, which was crazy wild. Um. They were a shoe where during that era, we wore basketball shoes regularly all the time, but yet you still had to figure out how to rock a penny that was electric royal blue. It wasn't just royal blue, it was electric royal blue. And you had to figure out how to wear it, the designs on the side, and it was a different material. It wasn't leather. It wasn't bendable. It wasn't uh, breathable. It was none of the above. It was a boot. And the reason, one reason why I show so much respect for the foam posit is because it's one of the shoes that they tried a couple times to update. I think there was like a flight posit, maybe even a foam posit too. The Pro was the only successful one because they threw a swoosh on the side. But it's still going on strong today. There might be more color foam posit. Might be more colorways and foam posits than any other sneaker out there. And... They're all fire. They're not. There are some that are trash, but in hindsight, a foam posit is needs to be respected and are a staple when it comes to stuff. There's no low top version. There's no nothing. This is the longest running sneaker besides Jordan brand that has a logo on it other than a swoosh. Like it has the one cent penny logo on it. Show respect to them. Number nine, uh, Asic Gel Sagas. I have maybe four pairs of Joe Sagas, particularly the Kill Bill pair is the one of the greatest pairs to me. I wear the Kill Bill Joe Saga Asics 
regularly. Uh, I think they're very, very underrated, and they're not easy to find anymore. Uh, I have two pairs. One is really beat, which I wear. And I think I have one that I wore once or maybe DS, but it is a yellow shoe that I feel might be the best yellow shoe of all time. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, lightnings and all that. Yes, we all love lightnings, but this is a wearable shoe. Uh, Kill Bills are phenomenal. And when you look at them, you think Kill Bill, period. Uh, number eight, and shout out to Just Dave. Uh, and follow his uh, brand, Ivy. Uh, I can't think of the IG page, but he has a clothing line called Ivy. And uh, he's a super good dude. And I just like him. He seems super duper smart. Uh, and he's just regular. Uh, look, follow regular people. You know, get in tune with regular people. And shout out to his magazine, too. He has a magazine that he runs and writes articles for. Uh, he's a good dude. Number eight, uh, Reebok Question. And I'm going red and blue toe. Uh, Reebok Question is hands down one of those shoes where the red and blue toe are the only colorways that matter. They recently, in the last three years, have released a couple that were like, well, that's not too bad. But a lot of the other colorways and Reebok questions are absolute trash. Even during that original period in time when they originally came out, the colorways were trash. The red toe, the blue toe, fire. Then they came out with an all-black version, black and gold, not fire. I had those. I really tried to convince myself they were fire. They weren't fire. Then they came out with some low tops, like some baby blue toes and orange toes. And oh, no. Reebok questions, blue and red colorway, are one of the greatest things of all time. Those were one of the ones where people really was like, yo, you got a person like Iverson that made Reebok fly off shelves, sell out. You needed a Reebok. That might be the only Reebok in your closet, those in the kamikazes and Kim's, but you, you had to have them. And I think Reebok questions on girls were so fly back in the day in Oakland. Oh, my goodness. A girl with some nice shorts, some nice legs, some questions. Like, I'm married now. I'm not in this stuff. I'm married now. Back in the day. Old gray. Old gray. Number seven, Nike Flight 89s. When I think of Nike Flight 89s, I think of Jordan 4s. I think of classic college basketball. I think of Duke. I think of one of those basketball shoes that is elements of everything. You can have, I'm sorry, Yeezy 2s. Oh, no. Yeezy 2s. I feel have some type of influence from that. Um, they are a great actual shoe to play basketball in. These are the ones that I wish kids played basketball in. Kids running around playing in all these light sneakers, feel like you're wearing nothing in knits. Put on some genuine leather, something with weight, and ball out. All this fly knit, hyper-posit, ways two ounces put on some genuine leather build your legs and thighs and jump out the building all this other trash is, makes you shoot three-pointers all day that's what these new basketball shoes make you do they're, they're so light all you can do is shoot threes you can't even jump and land in them anyways uh number six jordan 11 concord talked about it before i think it's the most iconic basketball actually i'm gonna go iconic sneaker of all time not because of story not because of anything. Public perception solely. Like I said, your mama, aunts, uncles, everybody during that period where they dropped you off at school, where they took you to school shopping for sneakers, everybody can recognize a Jordan Conquered if you're a certain age. 
whether you see, I remember those. You had those. I bought you those. Jordan Conquered, to me, socially, is the greatest sneak, most iconic sneaker of all time. Number five, uh, Air Tech Challenge 2 Lavas. These are, I think they're considered Agassiz. I don't know if they were actually Agassiz, Agassiz, but they were just here that he rocked and part of his flair. Uh, that was just the the colorway, the lava colorway, which is hot pink. Uh, I think the AirTech Challenge 2, I had a real hard time not putting it in the top three. I only put it uh, where it is now because uh, I don't know why. I, I just put it where it is. I think it's a phenomenal sneaker. I think it would really, if they want to retro these, oh my goodness. If you could retro these and put the Agassiz A on the back of them, uh, where's the camp out? That's how I'll put it. For me, not for everybody else, where's the camp out? Because the Agassi logo A, it's very underrated when you think of like signature logos um, on sneaker lines. Number four, I have the Jordan 1 Black Toe. Uh, I would have said banned, and I probably said banned when we originally did this list. Uh, but... There are colorways that do get <sighs> abused, and it's not necessarily. I think Jordan should be the only brand that uses black and red um, if you don't play for the Chicago Bulls. That's how I'll put it. If you're another athlete on Adidas or Reebok or whatever else, and you're on the Bulls, okay, you can use black and red. But if you're Nike... I feel like Nike should only designate black and red for Jordans. I don't want to see it on an Air Max. I don't want to see. I mean, I mean, I mean the combination of the two. I don't want to see it on an Air Max. I don't want to see it on Air Force One. I don't want to see it on a Flight 89. I don't want to see it on anything. Black and red is Jordan brand. Now, for me, black toe ones, the color blocking on it, they go with everything. I sometimes feel that bread ones don't go with everything. And I considered other ones. I think black toes just look better. And I would even be cool with saying Chicago ones. I'm not a fan of those um, in particular, but I like seeing what other people rock them. They're what did you wear or rock them on the streets. I think they look dope. Um, number three, uh, Air Max 90 Hyperfuse Independence Day Reds. This sneaker I wear every single weekend. Like not... Sometimes, not every other weekend, not, I wear these every single weekend, okay? To me, it's, you could say a OG Air Max 90. OG Air Max 90s, eh, they, don't, they didn't age well. They came out with so many great versions of Air Max 90s that you can't ignore them. You know, you can't ignore the Hyperfuse version of an Air Max 90 Infrared or even the Independence Day. They're sleeker. Um, I don't know if they're more comfortable, but they look better. They're more breathable. Uh, easy to clean. Easy to maintain. You know, that goes a long way when you talk about, like, Hyperfuse with Nike. I wear my Air Max Reds. I mean, there's, I think, a lot of my pictures online uh Full body shots I'm probably wearing them. There was a time where somebody was like, you wear those every single day. My wife even said it at one point. It got to the point to where I consciously would go places with family and friends and have to tell myself not to wear them 
because I wore them all the time and it became, not that it should matter to sneakerheads, but I didn't like the feeling of like, man, he wears those all the time. Number two, uh, this is a dual colorway. This is an Air Max 1, uh, which I think is the greatest Air Max of all time. I'm sorry. I think this is the greatest Air Max of all time, but it's not my greatest Air Max of all time, if that makes any sense. But Air Max 1, red, and the blue. I feel like you can't own a red and not own a blue. You can't own a blue and not own a red. You don't have to have all the other stuff. You don't have to have whatever versions of whatever else out there colorways this that and the third air max red air max one red air max one blue if you own the blue and you're listening to this podcast get on ebay get on go buy the reds if you have the reds you don't got the blues get on ebay get on StockX, get on goat buy the blues cut it out just cut it out wear both everything classic they look good Hard to keep clean, though, I will say. Phenomenal sneaker. And number one, uh, I feel like if you listen to me on this show, talk about this sneaker, you should have had an idea, possibly. Uh, Air Max 97s. Air Max 97s, to me, is the greatest Air Max of all time and highly overlooked. And I think it's getting the respect that it deserves now. Um, I think we have put too many too high on a pedestal when you think of Air Maxes. I think Air Max 90s deservably are considered the king during a certain area era. 95s had an era, but I think 95s should have never been considered a top five, top three Air Max. I think Persians, BW, are better than Air Max 95s. I think uh, the ones that just recently came out... Um, they re retro them. Can't even think of what they are. I want to call them waves. But the ones with all the colors, I think 98s are better than 95s. Uh, but Air Max 97 Gold and Air Max 97 Silver Bullets are another one that if you have gold, you're supposed to have silver bullets. If you have silver bullets, you're supposed to have gold. Um, and that's my personal opinion. I just feel like. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You got to have one or the other. You know, I can't open the fridge and see jelly in that joint and got no peanut butter in the cabinet. I can't open my closet and see Air Max Deluxe, what I'm thinking about. I can't open my closet and see an Air Max 97 Gold and not a silver bullet. You need them both. Um, and that's my number one, you know, Air Max 97 Gold slash silver. Uh, those are my top 10 greatest sneakers to me part two. We can do a part three next year, and some of these could be moved out, and something could be moved in. Something older could be moved in. I could move out of 89 right now and put in a Kamikaze 2. It could switch. There's no such thing as greatest of all time. When you talk about rappers, anything like that. Those are all opinion-based. Uh, but I appreciate everybody uh, who listens. And send me your top tens. I want to you know, DM uh, comment below, email, send me your top 10s. I want to post other people's top 10 greatest sneakers of all time on our social media. Um, cause I like to see, I like to see the different versions out there and there's no judgment from us. You might get a, that's a little high, but I would never say that what you consider a top 10 is trash or bad or anything of the sort. Uh, I think that's it sneaker wise. Um, gosh, I'm looking at these two air maxes and I'm like, 
Now, I don't know. Is there any Air Max packs? And I mean like a pack pack where you buy two combined. You know, not a Jordan and an Air Max, but like a Air Max pack. I can't think of I've ever seen one. And I don't know if that's one day, but how could you not? If people are willing to pay the money for a countdown pack, I think real sneakerhead connoisseurs would drop the 350 or whatever, 400, whatever it is for a dope Air Max pack. And I mean a silver bullet and a gold 97 combined or a 97 with a 90 or something like that. There are too many combinations of stuff out there that they could make dope. Um, a green camo 97 and a white camo 97 or something brown camo. Like, I think that's an area that Nike should probably take a look at. An opinion. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm a nobody with a sneaker podcast, a microphone, two cameras, and a co-host. I'm nobody. But take a look at it. Think about it. It'd be a good idea. I mean, geez, imagine buying a pata and an Atmos elephant in one pack. <laughs> Yikes. Um, God, that'd be dope. I need that now. Uh, watch my first UFC fight, UFC fight this weekend. Believe it or not, I have never seen a UFC fight ever. And this weekend was my very first time watching one. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I know all the fighters, versed on them, not all of them, but a lot of them, the popular ones. I've watched plenty of highlights, seen plenty of knockouts and highlights and things like that um, after the fact. I've never sat and watched anybody come out the tunnel, walk to the ring, face to face. I've never seen any of that fight round. I, I never even knew it was only three rounds. I didn't know the main card was five rounds. Like I've never paid attention to that aspect. I've always just looked at the highlights. I will tell you this, new fan. I am officially a new fan of UFC and MMA type fighting shows or fighting events. Now I'm not at the point to where I'm about to open my wallet and get the pay-per-view myself. But please feel free, all my friends, invite me uh, over. I'll be there uh, because it's something that I do want to see. I've always looked at that, looked at the sport as just, if you want to call it a sport, way too violent. Uh, I figured it was equivalent to watching two people scrap in front of a bar over some nonsense. Like, it just was too brutal. I'm not one of those people who like to watch people fight in the streets stuff like that I always worry about the end result I would hate to see somebody die you know over you know being punched in the face too hard and fall hit their head and die over some argument inside the club you know some nonsense so I've never been into like that fighting and watching fighting and being excited about fighting and you know nothing like that I was never that kid at school like fight fight never me this was a lot more that's how I viewed the sport I viewed USC as that it's not. It's a lot more controlled than I knew it was. It's a lot more controlled, and you can visibly see the technique in their styles and in what they're trying to accomplish when they're um, doing their thing. You know, it's it's right there. You can see their counters. You can see them blocking their defense. You can see it all. Uh, there was a point where in one of the matches, I want to say it was the Lewis match. Um, I'm not sure where somebody got poked in the eye, and they – stopped they took a look at the eye i'll be honest with you i was naive i was ignorant to the sport i thought you could poke out eyes i thought you couldn't kick in the nuts and bite that was the 
only thing that I thought you couldn't do. I thought you can gouge. I thought you can do uh, anything. I thought you can do a lot more than expected. New fan, like I said. The only thing I will say is I think that every fight should be five rounds. Um, I know you could visibly see how much it takes out of each fighter. Uh, funny, I think his name was Daniel Lewis. I, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Lewis, post-game interview was funny. Um, and obviously I'm saying this based off the cards in the fight, not the spectacle of brawls in the stands and people jumping out of the gate. Not that. That was, I come to find out, to people who watch regularly, that was an anomaly. I honestly thought stuff like that just happens at things like that. It felt like, from the outside looking in, you kind of thought like, God, it's too brutal. It's full of crazy, drugged up people on monsters losing their minds. But no, it's a controlled fight environment and it is genuinely exciting and I can't wait to watch the next one. Um, I'm definitely will be watching. It's it's too good not to. Uh, a lot of people did say that typically it's boring, that this is the first time they've ever seen uh, this many great cards uh, with one event. And I hope that remains the same every time I watch. That's how I'll put it. And, you know, even the women fighting, I don't like watching women fight. It's just I feel like men shouldn't like women fighting. I just don't know why. It's too brutal. Like, they're physically fit. Some of them are good looking. Some of them aren't as good looking. But you just don't like seeing women hit each other like that. I don't. The women fight was pretty good. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too brutal. It wasn't like, yeah, like cheering for women. It's just crazy. But the karate hottie, I think that was her nickname. You would like to think if you got into a fight that you could see a kick coming or you could block a kick or you couldn't get kicked in the face or the neck nah you can't stop a kick from a trained person who knows how to kick those kicks from all the fighters were coming off the mat so quick that when they would get kicked in the neck or the face i just couldn't believe that they lifted their foot from the ground that quick and got kicked in the neck i would love to think i could stop that i'll tell you one thing too i came to a real realization you like to think that like if you get into a scuffle or a brawl, you could fight. No, when you watch people who actually know how to fight, fight, you realize, yeah, you can't fight. Uh, you just can't. And there are some of those people, the tall Russian guy that fought Lewis, I will be honest with you. If I saw him in a bar, and I don't care how tall he is and how short I am, if I saw him talking reckless to me, talking reckless in a bar, I'd have no problem wanting to scrap him up. And that's when you learn a lesson and you get tossed through the window and get your face beaten. You know, that's facts. I tell everybody, when you are out in the public and there's a possibility that you and somebody are having a heated discussion and a fight might take place, look at their ears. Look at their ears. If they look like cauliflower, which is cauliflower ear, if their ears are puffy, thick, big, red, walk away. Walk away. Don't fight them. You'll lose. Unless your ears look the same, then you can have an all-out brawl. Don't fight them. People that work with their hands. I'm not talking about people who work inside of a building with hands. I'm talking about people that like on an oil rig. I'm talking about people on a construction site who hands like, nah, you don't fight them. 
And you don't fight them not because you think they can fight, but because one punch from a lot of them will probably kill you. Don't do it. I've been knocked out before. I think I've told this story before, but being knocked out is a weird experience. I've been sucker punched a few times. The one time I got sucker punched and knocked out is like, you're knocked out, but you're still there. <laughs> like, I remember the guy punched me. I'll tell the story real quick again. For those who listen, sorry. For those who haven't heard it, there you go. And I appreciate all the new listeners. In the club, I graduated ASU, uh, graduated, fitted to the T, Christian Adagee. Ugh, Christian Adagee, true religion up. This was a time period. Walking, had drunk a lot of that, uh, you know, that liquid that makes you feel invisible. Drunk a lot about a lot of that, and just walking through the crowd. And this is back when like belt buckles, you know, big skull belt buckles, like Jim Jones, you know, Dipset, you know. I'm walking through, just thinking I'm just, you know, graduated degree, Christian Adagee up, gold chain, true zone. I thought I was the shite. Walk through, big dude, no exaggeration, six one, six two. He's probably about two seventy five, two eighty. Looked at me, and he goes. You look at my girl. You look at my girl. One of them people. I never even looked at her. And without insulting her, I'm like, man, bro, I ain't looking at you. Start talking junk. I know I'm outmatched at that moment. But you just you just know when a real fight's going to happen and when a real fight isn't going to happen. I looked at him. I'm talking mad junk, holding my belt buckle, rhinestone, shining on it. I'm woofing. I'm yelling at him. Turn my back. I saw him walk away. Either he's a ninja or the Flash, but he came back and hit me on the side of the head with, I'm talking. It felt like he hit me on the side of the head with a, 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 a smart car. Like I had a headache for about a two months. There was a point in time when I thought my skull was fractured. Like I was genuinely scared. That's where I got knocked out. Now, I don't know if anybody else has been knocked out before. It's a different experience. He bah, hit me with that, you know, that okie doke on the side of my head. He spun me like woo, spun. I landed on the speakers, the DJ booth, the DJ speakers. The bass is bumping me. I'm on the speakers like this. Boom, <laughs> knocked out. But I'm watching. It's like my soul left. It's like being on Vicodin. Like you're not inside your body, but you're there. You can feel your heart beating and you're looking at yourself. The guy was still swinging at me. But he was missing because it was super dark in there. And I'm laying on top of the speakers, moving to the base. My body was just bouncing to the base. And he's still swinging. And I could feel all the punches going by my head because he was missing. But I was watching because he hit me so hard, I, I left my body. My homie Chris, shout out to That's my big brother Chris. That's family. Shout out to Seth. Shout out to Willis. My, just, you know, that's family. He pulled the guy off. Yeah. I have no idea how I saw that, but, you know, he did. I was knocked out. He picked me up off the speakers, and I'm like, uh. You know, you get hit so hard that, like, you don't even speak anymore. It was just like, uh, 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 like, I'm walking back to the table. We had a table. You know, it's one thing when you go back to your own table, you're celebrating. And it's one thing to get knocked out at your own celebration. It's like when you're a little kid and you get a whooping on your birthday party. You ever like be a little kid and you just can't, you just so hyped, you just so hyped that you get a whooping. You, you got to get a whooping and come out, you know, eyes red because you've been crying. Now you got to blow out the candles. And Anyways, tangent. Walk back to my table. Everyone was like, yo, what happened? 
Everyone starts getting glasses and bottles. They about to get them. I'm sitting in my booth with my hand on my face going, <laughs> never found the guy again. I don't know if that's good for him or not uh, because people were ready. I'm telling you some people were ready to get him. Um, I have no idea why I told you guys that story. Oh, UFC fighting. Yeah. Um, I have no idea why I was going with that. Anyways, uh, I have nothing else. Like I said, please like, subscribe, comment, follow. Tell everybody else we're fire. <laughs> uh, appreciate the free content. I don't mind criticism. I love it. I love criticism more than I like the the kudos. I do. And I hate that I respond to so many of those and not respond to all the like really good stuff that come towards our way that people take the time out of their day to say to us. But I don't like the angry criticism because it is free. I would get it if like we charged you guys $1.99 an episode or $2 an episode and made you pay to watch us. I would 100% get it. But this is a free show. Like, it's like a lot of you sneakerheads on Instagram. You get sent a pair of free Reeboks, classic Reeboks, and you're like, fam, these are fire. No, they were just free. That's all. That's all it is. Like, it's just free and you're just trying to get more. The podcast, it's free, man. You you can come back next week and maybe it's better. You can just chill out or you can say to yourself, hmm, it's free. I'm at work. I had two hours to spare. Uh, it's a good listen. It's a good show. Genuine guys. And uh, I rock with it. That's it. You don't got to call me. I don't mind. Whatever you want to call me. But you don't got to call me all this stuff and, and hater and not. Look, you can have opinions about us. And you could call us all that stuff if you like. But be 100. Don't be just a jerk. Have some type of substance behind it. Don't tell me I've listened since I've listened to episode one through 127. You guys are trash. Hmm. I'm sorry that you listened to 127 episodes before you determined that, but. Thank you. Anyways, I'm just tangent. I'm talking. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to the listeners. George will be back next week. Uh, I probably have somebody come through next week. Uh, like I said, go vote for the signature sneaker tournament. I want to see everybody's top tens to DM them to me, uh, comment on our post, do whatever you can. I want to see your top ten greatest sneakers to you, not to anybody else, not to what you think the culture thinks, not to what you think Nike thinks, but to what you think. I don't care if you got all pippins on it to you what you think that's what matters when we talk about the sneaker community it's what matters to you don't take our opinions personal don't take our opinions that serious our opinions are what we discuss when we talk to each other also to be clear we talk to you guys how we talk to each other so we're not putting any sauce on it or anything extra on it if we say this if I say this to George I'm saying it to you I'm sharing what we discuss um that's the thing this 